0: Paris, I am not one to rub it in and say I told you so, but <clears throat> I told you so.
1: So um <laughs> you're run to rub it in, huh? <laughs> this is what's on tap. <laughs> From the GBH newsroom in Boston, I'm Paris Alston.
0: And I'm Jeremy Siegel. And the listener tried the everything bagel ice cream that I said would be gross and Paris said sounded like it could be good. I and
1: still need to try it for myself. I'm I was
0: right, according to this listener. It is apparently not great. We will have more on that in just a minute. But first...
1: As you may have heard this morning, crews are racing against the clock as they continue a desperate search for the missing commercial submarine that was uh, a tourist submarine exploring the wreckage of the Titanic off the coast of Cape Cod. Now this happened uh, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the submarine disconnected from, you know, from its dispatch around nine o'clock, about 900 miles off the coast here. Uh, it's called the Titan and you know, Obviously, um, it's, it's missing. This is a very desperate situation. Five people were on board. And as of now, um, frankly, it is not looking too great.
0: And that's basically all we know. We've been hearing from experts on maritime searches. We've been hearing from officials in the Coast Guard. The uh, Boston Coast Guard is helping lead this search and rescue effort. Rear Admiral, Admiral rather John Mogger says the search is being conducted by both air and water with the help of the Canadian Coast Guard and commercial vessels. It is a challenge to conduct a uh, search in that remote area, but we are deploying all available assets. And Paris, this is a situation where it's like logistical challenge after logistical challenge. I've just been trying to read as much as I can about a search like this this morning. Um, One of the big problems is just like crushing pressure deep Mm -hmm. below the ocean Um, they don't know whether this uh, submarine, which is used for those commercial expeditions to look at the wreckage of the Titanic, is definitely underwater at the the wreckage site. They have no idea where it is or at what level it's at, so that if they find it, will really change the way they go about doing search and rescue efforts. But Mm -hmm. just for some context, even the best divers in the deep sea can't go safely more than a few hundred feet below the surface. So then You'd ideally use a vehicle that can help save people from underwater. The U.S. Navy has one for rescuing people from submarines, but it has a maximum depth of 2,000 feet. The Titanic wreckage sits roughly 13,000 feet, more than two miles below the surface. So that means that a manned operation couldn't get that low.
1: Mm -hmm. And we should, um, I mean, I mentioned, you know, things are looking bleak. Just to, to give you some numbers behind that, Run uh, number. Really, we were hearing on NPR earlier that David Marquette, who is a retired um, U.S. Army submarine captain, said that the chances of recovering this crew is about, or this these passengers, is about one percent.
0: Yeah, he said, "quote uh, He's hopeful about the situation, but thinks that families need to prepare for the worst."
1: Yeah, and I just also want to underscore, again, this was a tourist submarine. So this was not – they weren't on a mission. Um, these are people who paid – I want to say it was like a quarter of a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, um, uh, up to,
0: to- $250,000 for a seat on it. And some news outlets are starting to report who was on board. NBC News reporting that a uh, British billionaire and owner of Action Aviation, Hamish Harding, was among the five on, on board. Um, also prominent Pakistani businessman. Shazada Dawood and his son Soleiman. Um, the New York Times now reporting that Paul Henri Narjolet, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who's, who's a French maritime expert who's actually been on more than 35 dives to the Titanic wreck site, is also um, among them.
1: So it underscores that, you know, um, as I was mentioning, as a tourist expedition, you people have interests in things like this. And of course, no one wants to go on something like this. I mean, we, we hear all the time people are traveling to space, right? And we know that there are dangers associated with doing that as well. Um, but we also have heard another expert mention just how much easier it is to build a spacecraft and send it on a successful mission than to do so with a deep ocean system. Well, yeah.
0: Actually, the person who was, was also talking about some of this is um, James Cameron, who is the director of the movie The Titanic, mm-hmm. about the Titanic wreck, but also Somewhat of an expert on deep sea expeditions himself has done like a bunch of filming Mm -hmm. and ridiculous expeditions to really low deaths. And yeah, the the quote from him on this when he was talking on a recent podcast about the deep sea is, I think it is easier to build a spacecraft than it is to build a deep ocean system. Really, really, really tough situation for them. Um, And we know that there's at most just days supply worth of oxygen available in the uh the small vessel so at this point it's just a race against the clock um hundreds of miles Mm -hmm. off the coast of cape cod
1: well we are certainly certainly hoping for the best and keeping um not only the passengers but their families um, in our hearts this morning while on land on the cape Something interesting is happening this summer. We know that people head down to the Cape every summer to go vacation. Um, And in years recent years past, there have been, you know, there's been a scramble for rentals because it is really hard to try to secure a location. They advise that you do this months and months in advance. But this time around, it actually is not so hard to find a place because there's about 20%. uh, The occupancy rate is about 20%, down about 20% from last year. But the catch here is that if you want to book one of these places, you're going to be spending an average of $619 a night.
0: Shocking when you compare this to the situation that we were reporting just a year ago, where people had to get these reservations months and months in advance. But that is a truly wild price tag, $619 a night. I mean, at that point, and this might explain some of the vacancy that we're seeing, There are many places that you could fly to for that price or get a much cheaper uh, overnight stay. Absolutely.
1: and we should mention that the Boston Globe's Beth has, has did some really extensive reporting on this um, and was was mentioning how some one reason that people may not be going to the Cape as much is that exact thing, is that because they know that they can book a flight elsewhere. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you were mentioning earlier how during the pandemic there were some fears of flying. Maybe people were like, oh, we'll just stay closer yeah, to home. Yeah. Obviously, inflation is a factor here as well. Gas prices have been a factor. Uh, but, but once things are evening out and it's like, well, OK, I'm going to spend $600 probably Probably, well, more, right? Because you're talking about just That's one night just on the Cape. just to stay
0: there, yeah. Um,
1: and so if I'm going to spend that much money, I mean, hey, why not go to Europe? Why not go to South America? Why not go to the Caribbean? And spend a little bit less money. Well, in any event, um, the... the- The CEO of the Cape Cod and Islands Association of Realtors, Ryan Castle, told The Globe that one reason for those vacancies could be that more second homeowners on the Cape are listing their houses on sites like Airbnb and VRBO because they are vacationing elsewhere. So these are a lot of people who bought up those homes again during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Also, it could be traffic. We know that um, the, the Sagamore and Bourne bridges are you know, they're not great. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> they aren't debilitating um, and and are and, and our, in our need of federal funding to replace them, we should add.
0: Another piece of it could be, and I mean, I'm just uh-huh. hypothesizing at this point, but these are, you know, homes listed on Airbnb and VRBO. And I think- at least I am getting somewhat sick when I book places like this of not just the high price tag off the bat but like the sneaky high price tag you know when you see something you're like oh that's cheaper than a hotel but then yeah the cleaning fee the convenience fees all those things I almost prefer hotels at this point or generally do prefer hotels at this point so yeah
1: I don't think you're alone we did hear from one person um, who was saying that their family rents a Cape House for 13 people first of all that is a lot of people to spend an entire week with
0: that could be What's driving I, I up some of that those you all are costs? Very clo- right,
1: <laughs> very close. And like to your point, Jeremy. I mean, if, say that if you're going on a big group trip like this, um, you may not, you might not be able to block off a room of hotels, even though it would be cheaper, maybe a little more convenient. But for this person, they said last year was to be the last year that we did a house due to those costs. We planned a camping trip instead. Okay, a little more space yeah, for those thirteen definitely people. Definitely
0: cheaper too.
1: Yes. Um, and just a couple of days ago, their mom texted them all linked to a beautiful house in the Cape, and the news that they decided to do a house again. Surprised to find anything available on such short notice, they sprung for it.
0: I'm glad they were able to seize the opportunity in this situation. I'm imagining if this were my family... My mom would also be like, yeah, we're not going camping. Here, here is this beautiful <laughs> we house. We're going Let's to stay it. on this house. Yeah.
1: We had another person write in and said, maybe we should use some of those vacant rental spaces for shelters for all the workers who can't afford to live on the Cape anymore. Uh, that is a good point, considering we have seen reports since people started buying up those homes of a housing shortage and an affordability shortage on the Cape and on the islands. Uh, so, so maybe this just is the turn of the tide and the market down there is evening out a little bit. It'll be interesting to watch and see.
0: The tides are turning against your culinary food opinions, Paris. Joe wrote to us on Twitter saying that he, on behalf of the GBH Morning team, decided to try J.P. Lick's Everything Bagel Ice Cream, which...
1: Taking one for the team, Joe. If you didn't
0: hear last week, Paris said she was interested in, I said, sounds pretty gross with the onion and the garlic flavors (laughs) in it. Joe said, curiosity sated. Jeremy was right, exclamation mark. Everything bagel you know, ice cream is unique. First spoonful, I was overwhelmed with the taste of onion and chive. <laughs> they did say no regrets. It was an experience. And that's what so. it's all
1: about. I mean, I will say you put cream cheese on an everything bagel. Why not take it a step further and make it a little sweet? You well, know I, I mean? think uh,
0: Joe's <laughs> explanation that it was unique is maybe... Uh, It was probably
1: good enough, right? I I think I'm still, I'm at least going to go and give them to give me a little tester scoop just Uh so I can try it and see. I probably won't get a whole cup, but, you know. Well,
0: actually, I heard from someone, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you this. I heard from someone from J.P. Licks by email recently, Mm -hmm. so... Maybe we can uh, figure out a way that to get some of that fun. into the studio. I would try be down for that.
1: Um, well, you know, while Joe was eating ice cream for us, Jeremy, I had some thick mayo-laden potato salad for you over the week- Juneteenth holiday weekend, Jeremy. I just want to let you know yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, not jealous about
0: that. <laughs> a few things that are happening today. At 11 a.m., Massachusetts Congresswoman Catherine Clark, who is... The second most powerful Democrat in the House will host other elected officials and appointed people for a tour and roundtable at the Greater Boston Joint Apprenticeship Training Center.
1: Nice. The Harvard Farmers Market is going to be kicking off at 1130 today. Also at 330, there's going to be a queer zine making workshop at the Parker Hill BPL branch and also the in Roxbury, also at Hibernian Hall today at 3, kicks off the Roxbury Film Festival. 25th annual one as oh. well. Very exciting. Well, that's what's on tap for Tuesday, June 20th, 2020. Three, I'm Paris Alston. And
0: I'm right. This is GBH News. GBH.